Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We welcome y'all online this morning. This Apostle Angie at Freedom Ministries with all the saints and leaders. We're grateful to be here. And I'm going to talk today. I had an experience. So I, I usually do have an experience before I preach. You know, the Bible talks about with glory in the tribulations because power comes from that. So I'll, a little bit later I'll share the experience. But I want to talk today about a perfect heart. Somebody say a perfect heart. And how do we get one and things like that. The Bible says a merry heart is good like a medicine. A perfect heart is a mature Christian. It's not that you got to be good enough. That's not a perfect heart. It's maturity. And um, David said, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. And the Bible says in Psalms 24, Who shall ascend to his holy mountain? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. Well, how do we get this pure heart, you know? What, what weighs on the heart? Maybe you're here today and your heart's heavy. The Bible says to bear one another's burdens, you know, to lift each other up. What weighs on your heart? Is it oppression? Is it family? Uh, what is it? Because there's many in the valley of decision right now in this church. That's what we've been praying all week up here. There's many in the valley of decision some of us have made up our mind, but some haven't. And Rhonda, I would like you to come share what you saw about it's not time to play, if you don't mind. She's going to come share. She was just revelation pouring out of her all night. <clears throat> so I'm thankful for that. This is Minister Rhonda, for those of you online. And come up here so you'll be... <laughs> So I had a dream yesterday morning, and in the dream, um, I had some people that I was friends with, and I called them by their nickname, you know, you know how people relate to people by their nickname. It's like, this is what you're about, this is who you are, and, um, and we were just playing around, but then suddenly we were sitting at this um, dinner table, and my, my brother sits down beside me. And I go to introduce my friends to him, and I could not remember their nickname. And I was like, this is George. And I was like, and I couldn't even remember the other person's name. And uh, in that, that God was saying that uh, it's time to stop playing. It's time to stop playing with your past it's time to stop playing because you know people identify you by so many things but 
But that's not who you are. That's not your name. That's not your name. God called you by your name. He didn't call you by your nickname, what people know about you. He called you by your name. And, he, and, he, and not only that, but he said there was supposed to be a play that was going to be done, um, performed in the next week. And it was like, Rhonda, I want you to lead it. So I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like, but he was saying that it's time to stop playing and it's time to lead. It's time to step into your place. It's time. People are looking to us to help them, to lead them. And it's time for you to stop playing church. It's time for you to stop playing with, with what he has called you to do. It's time to stop playing in, that, in whatever area that you have not, that you just play in. Yeah, you haven't surrendered. It's like it's time right now to stop playing and be that leader. And that's what he showed me in that dream is the time for playing is over. I don't even know who the other person was. It's like apparently they didn't matter in this to go to the next place. But this whoever this George was, it was like it was important that you know his name. His name, not who he was, not what he was, or anything else. He was George. You know? And it was time to step into your place. Because we all, we all need you. We all need you. He didn't give every key under heaven to me. He gave a little bit to me and a little bit to you and a little bit to somebody else. And we, we need everyone. And so, I mean, I only see in part. And I don't, I, don't, I don't see the things that other people see. But what I see is things they don't see. And so it takes all of us to paint a whole picture. It takes all of us to be one body. So we need you to step into your place and to be in that leader. Because just this week, God was already telling me, you know, Rhonda, quit hiding in the, behind people. Quit hiding. Quit hiding. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be seen. I want to just be in the background. It's like, no. It's like, I didn't mind getting up and preaching or singing or, well, um, I, didn't, I didn't so much mind as long as I had people there to support me. But there are times that you still got to step out when there's nobody there to support you. It's like, and that's what he's saying. It's time to come out from the sidelines. It's time to come out from who you once were and be that leader. And that's what he said. Amen. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. You know, Dr. Sorella, in uh, I believe it's proof producers, he says that they would not have won, the disciples wouldn't have won their world unless everybody rose up and done their part. Because, you know, I can't do your part. <laughs> yes, and won their known world. Amen. He said he's given us a new name. It's not what I used to be. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. He's given us a new name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's a good word, Rhonda, Mr. Rhonda. 
So it's good to see everybody. And we're, talk, we're talking about a perfect heart and how do you get one. What's the things you need, we need to do to have one? Because that's a mature heart. That's a mature heart in God. Perfect means completion. It means uh, maturity. Amen. So when the Bible talks about perfection, he's talking about maturity. He's not talking about what, what, how we failed or any of that. Amen. So how do we do it? God gave me several things. Give it to the Lord. That's the first thing, to give my heart to the Lord because I can't do it. How do I have a, the Bible says where my treasure is, my heart is. So what's some of the things you think about all the time? That's where your heart is. Amen? So the first thing to do is give your heart to Jesus Christ and give it fully, fully. In the midst of everything, in the midst of everything you're feeling, everything you're going through, just surrender it to him. And then renew your mind. We have to renew our mind. Um, the Bible says to search our own heart. You know, he says, search our heart. He said, God's going to search it too, but we search our own heart. Is there any sin? Is there any unforgiveness? You know, there, we don't have a right to stay resentful. I think sometimes we think we have a right, but the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So it don't matter what somebody's done or don't do or uh, disappointments in our life. We don't have a right to stay mad. And we need to see that because sometimes we think we do. We don't. We have to find out. We're responsible. Who said that at prayer last night? Was it you, Minister Rhonda? We're responsible to get that stuff out of our heart. It's no one else's responsibility to check my heart. When I stand before God, Tim's not going to be there. You're not going to be there. And, and when I make these excuses, when he says, what'd you do with my gifts? What'd you do with my son? <clears throat> oh, you know, I got tired. I got sick of being hated on because I sold out. Because that's something I just went through. You know, you get sick of uh, people not wanting to be around you. Even so-called leaders, Christians that are ministers, they don't want to be around a so-called, a sold-out Christian because... It makes them feel uh, convicted. You know, in the Bible, it says when Peter and John, people were saying, what must I do to be saved? When they just got around their presence. But if people don't want God, they're not going to want to be around you. They're going to actually hate you. Because it said they hated Jesus without a cause. It's not you they hate. It's God in you. It's I remember when me and Tim got saved, we used to hang out with my brother all the time and gamble and drink and stuff at, just at each other's houses and, and their wives and, and husbands. You know, it was just three couples. But anyway, we still, I wanted to still have a relationship with David, so we still hung out and still went one or two times. And one day, I went outside, and when I come back in, they had my husband pinned down and they spiked his coke with liquor when he went to the bathroom was pouring it down his throat. And so I wouldn't go anymore. I told him when we left, I'm not going back. And so David was real mad at me, you know. Oh, it's our fault that you can't, 
that, that you can't get around us because we might make you drink. We might make, just being around us. And I was crying so hard. And I was at Freedom Ministries in the old building. And Mama said, what's wrong? And I, when I got off the phone with him, and she said, he's just trying to get God out of you. See, from that moment, our relationship changed because <clears throat> I had God in me. So everybody don't want to be around you if you don't compromise. You might as well know that up front. But when they need you, they're going to call you. In their dark hour, they're going to say, I know Monica knows God, and I'm going to call her. <laughs> I know somebody that can touch heaven, and I'm going to call them. Hallelujah. Thank you. So we need people that's not compromising. We need people sold out. We need people that don't have a double heart. The Bible says don't have a double heart. He said that the faithful have failed and, and the saved have went back. He said don't have a double heart in Psalms. It says that. Because somebody needs somebody that is sold out. I do. When I'm looking for mentors and people that will help me grow, I don't want somebody that can't help me. I don't want somebody that, that's not sold out. You know, I, I, because I'm sold out, so how can they help me if they're not? Amen. So renew your mind. The third one is get the sin out. Psalm 66:18 says, let's look at it, 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But he's heard me, and he's attended to my prayer. So he, he's not going to hear us because we don't, we choose, I, I choose to stay mad for 17 years. That's a choice. Unforgiveness is a choice that I'm making. They're not making me. What was it you said, Rhonda? They last night they're not making me not forgive them they did the deed but it's my responsibility to get it out of my heart it's not theirs they don't ever got to apologize to me they don't ever got to say I was wrong so I can act superior and act like I'm over somebody they don't have to do anything but when I stand before God he said if you don't forgive I'm not forgiving you that's what he said so it's up to me to get that mess out of my heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what are we thinking about? Are we thinking about what they did to us? Or are we thinking about what we can do for God? Because perfect love casts out all fear. And I got to quit fearing that it's going to happen to me again. It probably will. Because how many times was Jesus rejected? How many times did they didn't want nothing to do with him? It's okay. It's better to just know up front. If that's the call that God's got on you, <clears throat> it's better to know up front and surrender to it. Because just because you don't like it and I don't like it, it ain't stopping. <laughs> Amen. If you're preaching truth, that ain't going to stop. Persecution comes for the word's sake. That's what it comes for. Amen. So he said if we hide his word in our heart, we won't sin against him. Woo! So we got to renew our mind and get his word in our heart. And one thing that came to me was to do a stress test. What are you stressed about? If we don't know, put a little pressure on something. 
It'll come out. <laughs> this let some pressure be applied. Let me be squeezed. And I find out what's in my heart real fast. <laughs> Do a stress test on your heart. Quit complaining. That's another one. Be thankful. When you get up every day, are, are you complaining or are you thankful? I'm thankful I got a roof over my head. I'm thankful I got food to eat. I'm thankful my kids are healthy and whole and saved. I'm thankful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because he's going to change our desires, but also those deep things that we really want. You know, you ever something happened, you know God just did it. It's like, God, that came from you. You, you knew I needed that today. You knew I needed Sister Lynette and Brother Arnie to buy me pantyhose for years. You knew that. Amen. Those things right there. Hallelujah. So, number six is forgive. We've talked about that. Number seven is to pour out. Psalm 62, verse 8. Trust in the Lord and pour yourself out. Pour yourself out to God, and then you won't be hating. If somebody's angry all the time or hating, it's because they ain't poured, nothing, they ain't poured that out to God. They're choosing to hang on to that because they can use it against they can use it against God. I don't gotta do this because this happened and you know, we can use it against people. Well that's control. And I choose to control or I don't. This body been taught so much about control, it's a choice by now. I choose to be mean or I choose to close up to my spouse and don't talk to them for three days because they didn't do what I wanted. That's a choice, but we don't have a right to do that. I'm not the judge of another man's servant. I don't have a right to judge any of you. I got to search my own heart. Woo. The Bible says those that condemned are condemned already in their heart. So if somebody's condemning you, it's because they're not doing what they're supposed to do. So you can always look at that. Well, they probably ain't right because they wouldn't be judging people. So they feel condemned because God's saying, do this, and they haven't done it yet. So they put all that on you. Because if you condemn people, you're condemned already in your heart. That's what the Word says. Because he said, therefore, there is no condemnation in those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Woo. The Bible says, let the vial come to the top. Let that stuff come to the surface. The Holy Spirit said every hidden thing will be manifested. So, in, on Genesis, in Genesis 17, verse 11 and 12, Joshua, the, all the young people that came out of the wilderness, they had to have their heart circumcised. They had to be circumcised in the natural they had to be circumcised in the natural, but it represents for us to be circumcised in our heart. And eight represents new beginning. On the eighth day, they were circumcised. So God wants to, circumcision is cutting the flesh away. Cutting the flesh away from the spirit. When you're circumcised in the spirit, it's cutting flesh away from the spirit. 
So we have to allow ourselves. I used to lay right here and say, circumcise my heart. God, circumcise my heart. I saw Julie at prayer Thursday. God, I need you. God, do it in me. God, do it in me. That's what that means. And one day doing that, I felt a light. I felt a beam of light come down and went through my back because I was laying on my stomach. And God was circumcising my heart. And I was allowing him to. Hosea says, break up your fallow ground. That means it's my responsibility to get in his presence and let him soften my heart. Because over and over in the word, he said, harden not your heart in the day of provocation. Harden not your heart, so that means it's a choice. When life hits us, when circumstances hit us, we choose to go ahead and get a little harder, or we choose to be pliable, like some Play-Doh, and let him... Let the potter do something with us. Amen? I want to choose to have a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. Nobody wants to be around a stony heart. The Bible says in Mark 4, you can't even receive the word when your heart is stony because it's going to bounce back off of it. It can't even go. The engrafted word of God is able to save the soul. That means it came inside of me. That means it didn't stop here because I had so much junk in me that I was not willing my well was stopped up and couldn't, couldn't, God couldn't pour anything else in me because I refused to let these things go because I like to be mad I like to control I like to have some kind of power over somebody which is a superior spirit that's what that is Woo. so the Bible talks about the Lord's going to try the heart Woo. Psalm 17, 3, he said, He proved my heart because he tried me and he found nothing. That was David. We know Jesus did it too. David said, He proved my heart and he tried me and he found nothing. Woo, that's good, isn't it? Because if he finds something, the circumstances got to keep coming <laughs> to get that out of our heart. If he finds something that's triggered, then something else is going to hit it, and something else is going to hit it until I surrender, until I lay that on the altar and say, God, I'm sick of being mad about this. I'm sick of, you know, because I don't want to reap this anymore. Mad just reaps mad. I'm going to get more mad because I won't let it go. Hallelujah. I just feel that in marriages today. I feel that you know, we have a choice. It don't matter how they treat us. You know, the other day, I just wanted to operate in my flesh so bad. But we have to, God, okay, I'm going through this because I'm fixing to preach. So I want the power there and I want lives changed. So I'm, gonna, I'm going to surrender my heart to you and respond correctly. We have to look past ourselves and our feelings and what we're going through at the time because we're not called just into ourselves. Everything you go through is for somebody else. We're not an island unto ourselves. And we got to quit making big deals about ourselves <laughs> and, and being a victim. I got to quit being a victim. Somebody said, I don't want to be a victim, I want to be a victor. <laughs> 
I want to be an overcomer because the Bible says I can. He said I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. I'm not a victim to whatever you feel about me. You can tell me every day. Somebody said in prayer the other day, this person looked at you like that because so-and-so said this. They live out of town. And I said, I'm so sick of hearing that. I'm sick of being the blame for somebody else's animosity, hatred, when I ain't even done what they're saying. Sick of that. But I had to surrender. I had to surrender. Friday, that was Thursday, or Friday, I cried it out and poured my heart out to God. I said, I don't want my kids don't want to be around me because I want you. So the enemy was saying, compromise, compromise. He told me one time, the enemy told me years ago, he said, if you'll just go to the movies with Michelle, you know, most of that stuff people want to watch was bad, you just take her to the movies, because I'm not saying anything's wrong with taking your kid to the movie, then y'all's relationship would be better. If you'll just compromise. And I had to make a choice. He told me one day with Gracie, he said, I thought, I'm just going to buy her so much stuff because people were buying her stuff and grandmas and all this. And, and God told me, because I was crying, I said, God, why don't she want to come to my house? I'm just going to go buy her stuff. And he said, don't buy her love. Don't buy her love. She's going to love you the way you are. She's going to need you, you know. We've got to be who we are in God. And we're not all the same. We're not all the same. We don't react the same with our children. We're not the same. But don't let him let you compromise for love. Because that's a lie. They just wind up hating you anyway because you compromise. Amen. But sometimes our heart is so broken, we just want to feel it. God, I just want to feel it. I want to feel release from this. I want to feel some relief. Pop, pop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a release it is if I could compromise one time in this area. But that's destruction. The spirit brings life and the flesh brings destruction. So that's the word of God. That's not going to change. So we've got to have our hearts healed. Hebrews 12, verse 12 through 13, it says, Let the lame be healed so it don't go out of the way. Mama preached that message. Let whatever's bothering you be healed. Amen. Things are going to hit it, but we got the shield of faith. I've got the shield of faith to, to counteract those darts. I just got to get the stuff out quickly so it don't take root in me. Because then bitterness comes in. And the Bible says, don't let bitterness rise up because it's going to defile many. Every time we open our mouth, bitterness is going to come out. And it's going to defile others. And, and then why would they want God? <clears throat> why would they want God, you know? Naomi said, I'm just bitter. Don't call me by my name. I, I'm bitter. Amen. I don't want to be bitter. So I'll tell about the experience. We went to see Gracie graduate. And <clears throat> I knew I was getting sick. But I was, I was told Tim, I said, 
I don't know how not to go to her graduation. I was this close to not going. And after the trip, which I'm still glad I went, but we went through so much. The car broke down on the interstate, three hours, all this stuff. And the pains was so bad in my chest. And I'm talking about my legs, everything. And uh, I'd done been to the doctor in the emergency room, Monticello, the week before with the same symptoms when they came back. He diagnosed it as, I don't even remember it because I don't claim it. What is it? But I can't remember it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but the same thing Dr. Marcella had. I'm sure he had it worse. There's 15 different types of this. But anyway, then they gave me antibiotics and prednisone, and it, my throat hurt for five weeks. I'm talking about bad enough that you want pain pills hurt. And so I'm in that car. You know, it took us 21 hours to get there. And um, her graduation is the next morning at 8. And I'm so sick. I didn't get to go to the graduation. But I went to the, uh, what do they call it, Julie? The Oh, yeah. I did go to her dinner. I could do one, one thing. But I wasn't able to go to the graduation. But then the next morning, Tim took me to, what's, what do they call it, emergency, oh, urgent care. Urgent care. And so the doctor come in there and said, have they done, I said, well, you know, he diagnosed this as this, but, and, and gave me prednisone, and I think the symptoms, it, I think it just hadn't all went away, because that was last week, so maybe prednisone will stop it. And she was leery to give it to me because she don't know what's causing it. And so she said, had they done an EKG and another heart test? And I said, no, ma'am. And she couldn't believe they hadn't already done that on me. And so we and Tim sitting there, and, and I'm thinking, Lord, we drove up here to see Grace to graduate. Well, I don't understand. And the doctor came in there, and she said, well, the EKG came back, and you have a perfect heart. <laughs> And God started birthing this message in me. A perfect heart. A perfect heart. That's in the natural. How do we have one in the spirit, God? How do we have a perfect heart? And so we went through that whole week, you know. We're glad we went. But I'm just saying it was, it was some stuff. But out of that, God birthed this message. Trials and tribulations are not just about you. If you're going to bring the word of God, if you come through something, you're going to have power. If not, you may have a good word because his word changes lives too. But do you want, to, do you want power where yokes are broken? Because the anointing destroys the yoke. And you only get anointing through being crushed. I'm sorry. I mean, Jesus lives in us and he's anointed. But if you want to teach or preach with power, you're probably going to go. And I don't want to discourage anybody. We just got to surrender our hearts and say, God, and he asked me that a long time ago, are you willing to go through these things so I can come in? And I said, yes, Lord. So that's a choice I made. And that walk may not be for everybody. Julie told me a while back, because I was like something, and she said, you're like Paul. And I was like, like Paul? No, I'm not worthy to be like Paul. 
you know, but when you read it, he was, went through a bunch of stuff. And then I went to um, Marlton, and she's, she's doing the praise and worship, and I was visiting a minister, or I don't know if it was one of them nights, but one, I would go and lead prayer for them, and then she'd minister, and sometimes I'd preach. And she said, Apostle Angie, she said, God, she said, I've never given this word to anybody else, but God said, you're like Paul. And that was three days later after Julie gave that word. So I was like, I don't know if I want to be like Paul. I mean, he's in the prison writing the New Testament, you know. And Viper struck his hand, but he took a thought. So everybody's call is different. We just have to answer the call or not. It's a choice. Because God don't want robots. He wants our heart. Amen? So you may have trauma around your heart. Freedoms went through a lot of trauma. And sometimes I told Tim last year, I said, I might need to go see somebody and talk to him. Because it's like I couldn't get, I was stuck and couldn't get past this last thing. And, but I didn't. I never went. I just kept pouring my heart out to God and pouring it out here at prayer. But sometimes trauma is around our heart. And it may be something that happened two years ago or three years ago or a year ago. But it traumatized us, and we don't realize that's still affecting us. So if you feel stuck today, you probably have some trauma in there. And we got to ask God, and you got to go back to it, and you got to face it and get it out of your heart. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So chest pains, they always say it's your heart, but it wasn't. It wasn't my heart. My heart is perfect. Amen? It's attacked from the enemy. That's exactly what it is, because they can't they can never find out anything. They can never say this is but he did say that about the uh Julie, do you remember? Yeah. Um Doctor Sorella. So see we know we walk in the right path when he thinks he can come and attack you of the prophet you've been under for for years. But when I went back, um I mean, it cleared up, and then the enemy just tried to attack me on that trip, but none of those symptoms have come back. And I believe they came from medicine, because that's one of the things it says that some medicines can cause that. And so we have to be careful and know that God's telling us to take stuff. Amen? Somebody say, I want a perfect heart. <laughs> can we have one? We can have one. We already do if we're saved. Let's look at Ezekiel 26:36. Shonda Rabasate. Ezekiel 26:36. And Monica, I want to talk to you before I leave. Okay, I have some good news. 26:36. Mm, I probably wrote it down wrong. Let's see. Because there's no 36. It's talking about, he said, I'm going to give you a new heart. 36. I wrote it down backwards. Thank you. I'm telling you, she's on. She's on right now. Okay. He says, a new heart will I give you 
and a new spirit will I put within you. Woo! And I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you. God gave me that word. I said, I'll cause you to act right. I'll cause you to walk in my statues. I'll cause you not to sin. I'll cause you uh, because your word, his word is hidden in our heart. Amen. Let's look at the next one. First uh, Samuel 6 and 9. I'm almost through. First Samuel 6 and 9. I know y'all got church. Appreciate y'all coming out to hear me. First Samuel 6 and 9. I think I finally got it. And see if it goes... Mm, Jesus, why am I doing this? He's talking about, I'm going to write my laws and my word on your heart. That's what he said. I'm going to write my laws and my word on your heart. So you already have a new heart. If you say, do y'all see how you have a new heart? Because you have a new nature. You don't have the old nature. Have a new nature. You have a new heart. He said, I'm going to write my laws on your heart. In other words, you're going to know when you sin that it's wrong. You're going to feel conviction. You're going to know that you're not supposed to do this. There's going to be a check in your spirit. They call it intuition. I call it God. There's a check in my spirit. I'm not supposed to go to Monroe today. I'm supposed to lay on my face for Sunday morning. There's a check in my spirit. To don't go up there and do that. There's a check in my spirit to call this person today. And that's because the Holy Ghost is in us. And he's written his laws on our heart. He's given us a new heart. He changed Saul's heart. And he, the Bible said he became another man. And he started prophesying. He changed his heart. And he became another man. Somebody said he changed my heart. And I became another man. Hallelujah. Because I have a new nature. His word's written on it. Either we're going to have a clean heart or we're going to have a wicked heart. We're either going to be clean or we're going to be evil-hearted. God has told me about people before. He said they just have an evil heart. And these are saved people because they refuse to let the word be applied and change their heart. Somebody say it's a choice. It's a choice. To let my heart be healed is a choice to get that junk out of my heart. Some of us need a heart transfusion. We need to apply his blood. We need a new heart. He said, I'm going to give you a covenant. That the way, it says it in the New Testament too. He's making a covenant with us. He's going to write his word on our heart. Amen. We need a, a transfusion. We need to renew our minds. We need to be conformed in his image. We are predestined to be conformed in his image. That's why I'm here. Sometimes I think we forget. God wants us to become like his son. And that means, what, how, what kind of heart does Jesus have? What kind of heart does God have? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He's got a heart of love. He is love. And i got to walk in love. i got to be conformed 
into his image. John 3.16, Romans uh, 5.8, his love is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. So I can choose to love or I can choose to hate. I can choose to stay angry or I can choose to forgive. I can choose to surrender. I can choose to rebel. Because many are in the valley of decision. And many are riding a fence right now because they haven't decided what they're going to do. But God's asking you today, will you have a pure heart? Will you have a mature heart? Will you have a heart that's pliable? Will you have a heart that's surrendered? And when all hell hits you, come to the altar and say, God, I hate that. I hate this. I hate them. I hate it. But take it out of me, God, because you're not hate. You're love, and I want to be conformed in your image. I want the fruit of the Spirit to come out of me. Love, joy, peace. That's what kind of heart he has. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, meekness, faith. Against such there is no law. That's the kind of heart he has. So if we want to know how to have a perfect heart, look at the Spirit. And let his word that he's written on our heart come forth out of us. Live what he told us to live. Be an epistle for Jesus Christ and not give in to the flesh. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. The flesh wants what it wants. The flesh wants to be served. The flesh wants to be fed what it wants to be fed. But in that is no life. In that, my children aren't saved. In that, because all I'm in lately is just get my family to heaven. My church family, all their family. Get us to heaven, God. Give us to heaven because these are the last days. Get us to heaven. And he told me that about my children. He said, you're going to have them in heaven for eternity. Sometimes when you feel rejected here, you're going to have them forever there. Isn't that a good word? I'm going to have them forever. Mark 37, 37, the mark of a perfect man, the end of that is peace. I want peace in my heart. I don't want to be like the Corinthian church that had jealousy and strife and schisms and comparison. I don't want to be like that. I want to be whole. I want to be healed. I don't want to be unstable, which is what a double heart is. It's unstable. I want this today and that tomorrow. That's because we're led by the flesh. If we're like that, if we're confused, the Bible says where envy and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. So if I'm confused, you can bet there's some strife going on or some envy because that's what the Word says. Amen? Amen. He said, after you've been tried, you'll come forth as pure gold. Don't you want what you pour out to be pure? Not self-righteously pure, holy pure. And that comes with being, spending time with Him because He's the source of holiness. I can't be holy without Him. I can't let go of these things without Him. I can't forgive without him. Amen. But if we hold on to these things, the spirit of unforgiveness will enter our heart and it'll be a stronghold and it'll pull us away from God. I saw someone one time and they had a spirit of unforgiveness. And I feel that strong today that people think they have a right to hang on to stuff. We don't. Is that, is that clear? I, mean, I don't mean it's self-righteous or anything, but is that clear? We don't have a right as bad as they hurt us, to still be mad. Especially years later. I mean, there's a grieving process, and there's a pouring out process. But if I'm using it to control, then, then I'm the one 
full of sin. <laughs> I'm the one full of hate. Amen. I got to say this, uh, this scripture, and I'm going to close. Because I was thinking about sin. And how does it go from a thought to actual sin? Because we meditate on it. Because we, we think about it. We let it stay in our mind. And this may be not go with what we're saying, but I know I need to share it. James 1, 12 through 16. It says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So first the thought comes. First the look comes. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.